0: Section thirty two of Epics and Romances of the Middle Ages. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rachel Marie. Epics and Romances of the Middle Ages by Wilhelm Wagner. Section thirty two, part two, section four, chapter three. THE SHE-WOLF OF THE SEA. At midnight a great column of water rose in the midst of the sea, and out of it came a gigantic woman, whose face was as grey as her garments. Her eyes shone like coals of fire, her bristly hair stood up on end, and her long, bony arms were stretched out as though in search for prey. It was Grendel's mother, who had come to avenge her son. She came up out of the sea, crossed the morris, and entered the great hall. There she slew one warrior after another, in spite of their resistance, and slaked her thirst with their warm blood. Deep was the sorrow of both king and people next day when they heard of the new misery that had come upon the land. Then Beowulf said that the cause of all this wretchedness was Grendel's mother, and that she would never cease to persecute the Skjordungs as long as she lived. The only thing to be done was to seek her out in her own place, and there to slay her. This he was prepared to do. He begged Rodgar to send the treasures that he and the queen had given him to his uncle Hyhelac, king of Gothland, should he fall in his struggle with the giantess. The whole party then went down to the shore, and Beowulf, wading into the sea, sought to find the road leading to the monster's dwelling. Finding that it was a longer way than he had imagined, he came back to the shore and took leave of his friends, who one and all entreated him to give up the enterprise. But in vain— Wait for me two days and nights, he said, and if I do not then return, you may know that I have been conquered by the merwoman, but that is a matter that is in the hands of the gods alone in whom I trust. Having thus spoken, the hero tore himself away from his weeping friends, and plunged into the raging sea with all his armor on, and with Hunford's good sword at his side. He swam a long way. At last he saw a light deep down in the water. Her dwelling must be here, he thought— May the gods have me in their keeping. He dived down, down, down to the bottom of the sea. Many a monster and strange shape snapped at him as he shot past, but his coat of mail was proof against their teeth. Suddenly he felt himself caught, as though with hooks, and dragged along so swiftly that he could scarcely breathe. In another moment he found himself in the crystal hall of a submarine palace, and face to face with the antagonist he had sought. Then began a terrible struggle. Beowulf and the giantess wrestled together for life and death. The walls of the palace shook so that they threatened to fall. The two wrestlers fell to the ground, Beowulf the undermost. The merwoman pulled out a sharp knife to cut his throat, but Vilan's armor was too well made to give way, and Beowulf struggled to his feet again. The giantess then drew a monstrous sword, so heavy that few mortal men could have wielded it. But, before she could use it, Beowulf made an unexpected spring upon her and wrenched the sword out of her hand. He clutched it firmly in both hands, and, swinging it with all his strength, he cut off the woman's head. He felt so exhausted with his labours that he rested a while, leaning on his sword. After a few minutes he looked about him and saw Grendel lying dead on a couch of seaweed. He cut off his head, meaning to take it with him as a sign of victory. But no sooner had he done so than the blood began to flow from the monster's body in a great gurgling stream, Then it mixed with that of his mother, and flowed out of the entrance door into the sea. The blade of the giantess's sword melted in it, and vanished as completely as ice in the rays of the sun. The golden hilt of the sword and Grendel's head were the only booty that Beowulf brought with him out of the depths of the sea. His friends were collected on the shore, their hearts filled with a deadly anxiety, for they had seen the sea reddened with blood, and knew not whose it was. So when the hero appeared, they received him with acclamation. Rothgar and his people could find no words that would fitly express their gratitude to the hero who had saved the land from two such foes as Grendel and his mother. And when Beowulf and his warriors set out on their journey home, they were laden with blessings and gifts of all kinds. Hygelac received his nephew with great delight, and listened to the tale of his adventures in speechless amazement and ecstasy. End of Section 32